Welcome to You, Me, Empathy. Thank you for listening. We would like to remind you that this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Known as just a silly boy with a feely heart. Please consider supporting the show. Check us out on Patreon or simply leave a review on iTunes. Here is your host and creator of the show, Known Wells. Greetings, feely humans. Welcome to Yumi Empathy. This is episode 60. Today on the show, I chat with Tony the Therapist for another edition of Tony Time. We talk about the isolation and hope in mental illness. This is a follow-up to episode 59 with my brother Tannen, wherein I chat with Tannen about his relationship with uh, the mental disorder schizophrenia and his description that uh, it's like an abusive relationship, which is just heartbreaking to me. But again, if you haven't listened to episode 59, go back and do that. It's fantastic. Very proud of my brother. He's very courageous for opening up and talking about his, his schizophrenia. So, before we get to that, though, I'd like to highlight a new iTunes review. These are, uh, if you go to iTunes and you search for Yumi Empathy, you can go and subscribe and you can leave a review. And if you do that, I will read it here on the show because they make me happy and it keeps this, this podcast going. It takes a couple of minutes. You could do it for free. Do that, please. If you can, that would be fantastic and lovely. Let's start with uh, a recent one. This one is from Izzy Star, and the title is The Podcast We All Need. Izzy says, A few months ago, I was lucky enough to stumble upon Known's Instagram, at Empathy, and I was immediately struck by his vulnerability and consistent warmth and openness. While I tend to procrastinate on starting new podcasts, I knew I had to check out Yumi Empathy. After procrastinating for a few weeks, I finally checked out an episode and was instantly thankful. I felt the same compassion and empathy listening to the podcast that I was initially struck with from Known. Listening to this podcast is a perfect exercise in self-care. I find this podcast discusses emotions that I try to express with close friends and my therapists, but with even more ease and accessibility. Love this podcast. And that's from Izzy Starr. Thank you, Izzy. That is very sweet and thoughtful, and it made my day reading it. And you listeners can also make my day if you'd like to go leave a review in iTunes for Yumi Empathy. That would be fantastic. Thank you. Be sure to follow Yumi Empathy on Twitter and Instagram at Yumi Empathy. We also have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Yumi Empathy. I think that's it. What else? We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Yumi Empathy, where you can support the show on an ongoing basis financially if you wanted. Uh, I also have a Yumi Empathy shop where you can get sweet merch like t-shirts to wear the feeliness on your heart. Literally, like on like a circle, the Yumi Empathy logo on your heart. Um, well, technically on your chest and belly. But anyways, it's a shirt and it's cute and it's lovely. And I have one and Jessica has one and some of you have one and it's great. Go check that out. 
Links are in the show notes for this episode. Okay, let's get into episode 60. This is with Tony the Therapist on the isolation and hope in mental illness. Empathy, a podcast about exploring the struggles we face in our day-to-day lives as humans trying to get by on this wondrous and overwhelming pale blue dot. The intent of You Me Empathy is to talk openly, without judgment, about our neuroses, our mental illnesses, our shared anxieties and worries, to create a dialogue that is vulnerable and deeply human and empathetic, and to share that dialogue with others to inspire emotional and cognitive collaboration and insight so we can, hand-in-hand, Break down the stigma that make us feel shame and guilt for struggling, for feeling our feelings, for being human. Yumi Empathy is a safe, friendly space designed to inspire the beauty in Tony time. <laughs> and me, and all of you. Hello, Tony. We're Hello, here. We're no. here again. We are. How's it going? I'm, I'm doing wonderful. I love being in the new studio. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Uh, today, we are talking about schizophrenia. This is a follow-up episode uh, to my brother uh, Tannen's episode on on his experience with schizophrenia. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and do that first. Pause this. Go back and listen to that. Or you can listen to this first, get some insight into what Tannen is going on, uh, going through. But please listen regardless to Tannen's episode. He very proud of that little little dude um and uh yeah so let's let's before we get into that tony you have a little uh spiel that you need to do uh proceed i do so hey everybody so my name is anthony romaghi and i am a licensed marriage and family therapist here in california and i am uh, licensed by the california board of behavioral sciences and my license number is lmft 47805 and uh, i have a private practice in newport beach california and um yeah and i'm just once again happy to be here just crushing life just well i mean just hey cr- just crushing hard and crushing hard grinding blast, and blasting those delts and blast, cre- like, creaming your lats yeah and all that right just, you know just yep slamming that Peck deck. I, 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 yep. <laughs> Ash is going to the gym with me. We're, we're hitting the gym. Nice. I nice. know. So she, yeah, she's actually really enjoying, this is my daughter, by the way. Uh, she's, yeah, she's really enjoying working out, which oh, is good. really cool. Yeah, we're nice. having a good time getting into. So when you go fitness, to the gym, yeah. I, I mean, I was joking about all that stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't do gym. So that's like right. my language. Right. Obviously, it's not accurate. <laughs> but I, I only say that because Tony, you're ripped. Uh, well, I, you're a very strong boy. I I could be more ripped. I mean, well, you know, there's there's some some fat here that needs to be shed, but um, <laughs> but I but I certainly do li- love lifting and getting to the gym, and it's just such a wonderful part of my self care. And what is um, your favorite uh, exercise routine at the gym? Oh gosh, this is going to sound so 
standard and basic but it's chest press okay it's it's doing bench press okay all right it's just yeah i mean it's uh yeah it's just i don't know i guess chest and and you know for people out there who will lift recognize um uh, maybe men maybe women different but for men i don't know doing a chest press and Mm. bench press you just get that instant inflation and it just you know feels good it just feels good yeah yeah and you just, it's it's like instant results sure sure yeah, you know yeah. and you keep you know the pump for maybe an hour or two and then you leave and you know it slowly fades but you know pump it up bro. But it feels good it feels good in the meantime pump that chest yes well hey you know so i love it but it's fun yeah i love no that's good it's so nice getting into the gym you know particularly we've had so much rain here lately so oh, to be able yeah. to get into the gym and, and obviously all the the mountain biking stuff's been put on hold for yeah until the trails here start to uh dry out but Nice. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But I'm if I could gl- run like you, I would do that. <laughs> if I didn't weigh 210, I, I would spend more time trail running because I think that is phenomenal. Well, you know, so. I, the invitation's always open. Uh, no, I appreciate it. You know, I'm, hopefully my 10 minute mile can keep up with you. Yeah, you know. it doesn't matter. Or you I could, mean, we could lap. Sometimes I'm just happy to be out there. I don't no, need to true. go fast. That's true. Yeah. So, you know. Just By the so. way, are you going to do that same? race this year i am i, I and I'll, I'll, i've actually i've actually booked uh, a month prior in march um a half marathon trail run oh, uh, down at los rambles in san juan capistrano oh awesome uh with justin both i'll be cool. running with justin um yeah so i have a couple of races coming up i hope you guys get a little bit better weather this year and conditions oh my gosh yeah so last year uh tony's referring to this ultra run that's held up in san Luis obispo area that i did last year for the first time it's first year and it was a 25k uh so it's um a little over a half marathon it's 15 miles the brutal aspect of it uh, was that the hills are just nonstop, just climbing, climbing, climbing. And then also it was pouring rain and it was just muddy. And so, you know, your running shoes just have like an inch of mud oh. on them. It was just brutal. It was brutal. The pictures were brutal. Yeah. I'm just looking at the pictures. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll be doing those races again. That's awesome. Yeah. No, Thanks, that's man. very cool. So let's talk about, um, first of all, just, you know, an acknowledgement of Tannen opening oh my up gosh. Like, is uh, is great, and it's it's something I, I <clears throat> you know, obviously he's very near and dear to my heart yeah. as my brother. Uh, but on another level, like we've had him and I a, a, an emotional journey together, like yeah. me sort of being there for him and listening, and I feel very proud of that as a, as a brother to be able to do that and have been able to do that, and. You know, just the acknowledgement of him just being able to talk about it a little. Oh, yeah. Even recognizing that, like, hey, I realize you may not believe me, but still getting it out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I I want to encourage listeners to go back and listen to it too. I mean, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can honestly say, I mean, I have loved this podcast and I love all the guests. I mean, it's this has been really the coolest thing I've been connected with. And and I appreciate everybody that comes on and shares their story and their and, and their work. I mean, it's it's just really been an incredible year in my life. So actually, thank you for having me be a part of it because again, Absolutely. I mean, I am just constantly week to week knocked out by the people that come on, share their their life and their and their stories and and our online community, you know, that that share and totally. and are vulnerable. And it's really really been been something you know that. It's just been so phenomenal, but but yeah. again, having said all that, listening to Tannen's episode, um, it almost just brought tears to my eyes as I was listening to it, and I'm quite sure I'm going to go back and listen to it again because 
this can be such an isolating disorder. Yeah. And I think what was so emotional for me in listening to Tan and share it with you, one, your brothers. Right. And and I and I know the story because right, I know you. Yeah. And but to hear the two of you talk about it and and to hear Tannen share it and what his experiences are and the and the embarrassment or shame, I mean, I don't want to put words to his story, but you know, but just like he said, holding on to different parts of what he experiences and not sharing those things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at one point he says, you know, he finally just yeah, I was gonna explode if I didn't share it. Right. You know, and so for so again, so for people that are suffering with this, the the acknowledgement that people will think I'm crazy or this won't be acceptable or understood. It isolates. So isolating. So isolating. And, and this disorder, I mean, you know, most disorders obviously, you know, will do that of course. I mean, whether it's depression or anxiety, Um, but you know, schizophrenia, you know, a psychotic based Mm -hmm. disorder um, that impacts cognition and affect and behavior. And um, you know, it's just that, it, it just comes with a severity that, that, you know, I think, you know, for them, um, it, it's a lot to carry. Yeah. And I, I, I've always sensed that about Tannen, obviously mm-hmm. he's, especially, uh, over the last, you know, maybe five years when he has started sort of opening up to me more and opening up to his family more. And, you know, I, I, as someone who loves him so much and, and, is that sort of people pleaser type two Enneagram person and wants to help and care. Um, it's, it's almost like an, an extra level of difficulty because he, um, his experience of reality is very different than mine. Right. 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 And I, I, you know, so like even more isolating, right? Like right. you said, and it's just like my, my heart breaks to know that, he's suffering alone in a sense, right? right. You know, I, right. and I've been encouraging him to talk to, you know, to try to find a group of other people yeah. who have the same disorder. Mm-hmm. And I know it's out there. Yeah. You know, and I, I you know, so I, I think, you know, that was just... No, absolutely. You know, to, yeah, I mean, as a brother, you're saying I would love to see him get connected with with more people who also suffer, so he's not so isolated. Because you're right. I mean, one of the fascinating things about schizophrenia is the hallucinations and the delusions, right? You right. know, that they go through. And so they do experience the world in a completely different way than you and I do. I mean, we certainly all have our own little, you know, filters, I call them, or interpretations of the way in which, you know, information is processed. But, you know, we're, but we're, you know, for somebody who's actively, you know, or not actively, but somebody who's experiencing these delusional and hallucinate, um, hallucinogenic based experiences, it's very different. And so, you know, as Tannen was sharing, talking about going to the movies, right? And he's getting messages. Right, right. And that's probably not, you know, the experience you and I are having. So, you know, our brain is not making the same sense of the information that his brain's making. Right. So, it's one thing for you and I to come out and talk about a movie, and we can generally track with one another, you know, on the plot. And, you know, what do you think that, you know, the, the director Zombie was... Beavers was A+. Plus. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, what did you think of the dialogue? What did you think of the plot? What did you think of, you, yeah. know, you, know, you know, cinematography? And, and, you know, some of which he obviously can as well. But, but we're not getting interpretive messages right our right. brain is not picking up on on data that that his brain is 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 making sense of and you know he mentioned the license plates you know and, and getting messages from license plates yeah. and again our brain is not processing that information the same way 
And so all this extra, you know, extra sensory information that he's having to process and then to be able to try and distinguish between, you know, what is real and, and what is a part of his individual experience, right? You know, in terms of what is happening in his mind. The best movie, you know, obviously for this is A Beautiful Mind. I mean, mm. you know, that that I love. And I love the end when, or I shouldn't give this away, I guess, but if it's, spoilers. It's, I mean, it's like 20 here, but, years old. You can give away uh, spoilers right, right. for A Beautiful Mind. And I don't think it's a spoiler, but but just at one point, one of the, the, you know, the main character at the end has to ask somebody he's with, is this person actually here with us? Because right. he's having a conversation. Right. And because his mind might potentially make this person up completely. Right. And, and he may be receiving information that is not actually happening in the world around him in terms of what everybody else around him is, would be experiencing. So, he checks in with this person. The person says, yes, this person is with us. And he's like, all right, continue. Mm. And, yeah, you know, so it's just such a, you know, different, interesting way in which uh, a schizophrenic experiences the world. How do we meet them where they are like one of the things and and correct me if uh, this is maybe wrong or damaging or whatever but like my perspective is that i need to recognize that tannin's reality is his reality and i need to respect that right not diminish it not say he's wrong or he's broken or whatever right uh, i need to recognize that his reality is real is yeah. that like is that well, is that a, a is that a useful interpretation of like yeah yeah i mean I'm, I'm trying to i think understand um the question and i think I, there's really no question right. it's really just like i want to so we've we talk a lot about on this show about uh validating experiences sure. right and, and understanding that so for instance like my emotional experience as a child growing up with my father was different from even Tannen's, yeah, true. right? Or right. my my other brother uh, or sister, right? And so I'm trying to I'm taking the same tact and looking at his uh, view as also valid, right? Uh, but it's just different than mine. Yeah, it was, gosh, this one's tricky because, and, I, and I'm going to, you know, kind of be honest here with, with you and obviously with our listeners is that, you know, this is definitely not an area of expertise for me because working as a marriage and family therapist, um, you know, schizophrenia, you know, particularly active schizophrenia is going to be treated by a psychiatrist. Right. And, and potentially a psychologist. And, but, but, you know, certainly with a psychiatrist. I mean, you know, because, because this has such a medically based, issue it's such a medically based issue and requires a psychopharmacological intervention right but psychotherapy is is adjunct to that i mean into you know talk therapy and then just providing the the client with additional resources so it's again it wouldn't be unheard of for uh somebody with schizophrenic to to see a, a licensed clinical social worker or a marriage and family therapist you know again if they were functioning well and needed help with just the other kind of life-based type of things that we're talking about relationships and so forth so you know i feel like that question is um a significant question because now we're kind of talking treatment and what exactly might almost be uh the best treatment to help somebody because the thought that i had when you were sharing this and again i i this is not well thought through and it certainly doesn't have a clinical treatment basis that i'm pulling from but the thing i was thinking about was i'm wondering in that case what it would be like to talk with them because 
you know, if there is the delusions and the, and the hallucinations that they're pulling from, and yet they're also trying to learn some reality testing, you know, mm. kind of like the, the example I was just giving in, in A Beautiful Mind, where he right. was like, is this person here or not? Help me understand. Like, you know, so I can function, you know, in this social setting in the moment, help me understand what's happening. Because mm. in my mind, this may be what's happening. But um, the three or four around us, you know, who are talking, you know, that's certainly not going to be their experience. So help me navigate that. So is this person here or not? You know, and so I could see where potentially is, as I'm kind of thinking this through, where I wonder what the value and the benefit would be of some reality testing, mm. um, but also being not shaming. I think that's the other part that you're yeah. talking about, like yeah. not shutting somebody down, not shaming, not being critical, not being judgmental, right? Like one of the things I think that is so helpful in, in schizophrenia or, or, or working or being with somebody who is schizophrenic is, is truly understanding the disorder. Right. You know, and, and really understanding again that this, this is, you know, from all intents and purposes, a brain based disorder. And it is, you know, there, there's a lot of different, I mean, there's so much we don't know about schizophrenia. I mean, because of... Uh, why Why is that, do you think? Well, I think because it's a brain disorder. And yeah, I think uh, because, you know, for only the last 20 years, we've had the imaging capacities to really mm. get in and, you know, look at the brain and to really see what's happening with the brain. And I think because, also I think because schizophrenia is a complex disorder. You know, yeah. I think it it involves a lot of different brain regions, and so I think for that reason it's very complex, mm. and and we still don't technically fully understand why some people get it and some don't. I mean, we understand that there's a genetic component. I mean, there does appear to be a genetic component. There does appear to be greater likelihood if there's a family member that there will be, but that's not always the case. So, yeah. but there does seem to be um, evidence for that. There also appears to be evidence that if you have. Um, two identical twins that there's a greater likelihood that the other twin will get schizophrenia if the other twin has it, mm. but a reduction if it's fraternal twins. Mm. So there definitely seems to be a genetic component, but again, it, it happens when there's not, or, you know, when somebody can't trace it back into their family. So, and then, you know, there's a lot of other uh, evidence to support that, you know, potentially it has something to do with, um, early infections in the central nervous system early in childhood mm. um there's um i know there's a lot of research around is it somehow almost kind of autoimmune and has to do with inflammation in the brain there's a lot of of i think research and theory of um because it tends to happen in in adolescence you know more often um particularly with men sometimes a little later with women but it tends to happen a lot you know 16 years of age up to maybe 30 years of age, um, men a little higher than women, that there's some support for the idea that this may occur as a result of the brain going through um, these different important times in our lives when we're when the brain's pruning, you know, mm. it's it's we're, we're getting this great growth right. and kind of gray matter and, you know, neuronal growth and, and cell growth. And then all of a sudden the brain starts to prune for efficiency that something might potentially be happening during that that process mm. that might, you know, disrupt the normal development of that. And so, you know, might that be some type of, you know, autoimmune or, or may there just be some faulty, you know, genetic process that happens during that time? And then if you factor in if there's some stressors that are happening during that time or whether there's, uh, you know, trauma or stressors or whether there's substance use, you know, um, Marijuana has been linked to this. Certainly, uh, some of the um, 
oh gosh, uh, what's I'm totally blank, psychedelics, mm. you know. So, you know, whether something then happens. So, but again, kind of that idea that there was a predilection for this and then these different things may have triggered, yeah. you know, the onset of the actual disorder. And, and you know, through some imaging, what they've actually, you know, recognized is that some of the, pro, you know, prodromo symptoms in terms of brain imaging, we're able to demonstrate that, you know, they could see brain changes between somebody with schizophrenia and somebody without schizophrenia, or I'm sorry, who would not, somebody who would go on to develop schizophrenia versus somebody who would not. And they were able to already see brain changes in critical areas Mm. where years later, you know, that would be the thing that would, you know, or that person would then create or um, end up having schizophrenia. So before they even had a symptom, you know, before they had an observable symptom. Yeah. So, you know, we're, there, so I think with understanding the brain more and really understand and the the function of imaging, brain imaging, and then understanding um, uh, even some neurochemicals. You know, one of the two neurochemicals that they know have a lot to do with this is dopamine and glutamate. And so, you know, so there's, there's so many factors that, that go into this particular disorder. So uh, this may be a little sort of side tangent, but yeah, have yeah. you heard of a company called GeneSight? No, huh? It's G-E-N-E site, S-I-G-H-T. Um, I forgot who was telling me about it. I don't know if it was a guest on the show or I don't remember, but yeah. the idea is that actually it was uh, Courtney Blanton from okay. uh, Hi Project. Uh, she was saying she had, you know, connections at this company and they did a, basically a gene test with blood or whatever. Yeah. And it, the idea is that it, it, will clarify in a much more um, specific, much more uh, maybe with more data way, uh, like what is the right drug for your particular uh, depression right. or things like that. Have you heard of stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I actually have. Um, the, the name didn't ring a bell, but yeah, no, I, I've heard about that where they are actually testing now to determine um, you know, like with depression, like what it is that you may, yeah, like which depression medications may actually work better for you. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating. I, I mean, that would take out so much... Um, guesswork? Guesswork and just pain and on the patients. Pain, yeah, going through the trials of trying the different yeah. medications. So, yeah, I'm interested to know, you know, what the long-term you know, uh, research will show with that, like our patients getting the better. The effect of it. The actual yeah, effects, right. yeah. I mean, yeah. is it working? Is you it know, working, is it, yeah. You know, is, is that supporting, um, you know, the reality that by this identification that, yeah, that's the, that was the right drug for me, like that that made all the difference in the world. I mean, that would be phenomenal. I mean, that's the excitement of this field is that I think is is our research and our, you know, and, our, and the, the science-based aspect of this continues to grow. And we get to just hone in on and just you know, maybe more quickly identify what's the best medication for every individual person, right? I mean, you have so many antidepressants out there and, and you know, many people try several, right, until they find the one that works for them. Oh, yeah. So, this would be phenomenal, you know. And again, if we were able to apply that to bipolar disorder, um, schizophrenia, you know, um, psychotic disorders for sure. So, that'd be, that would be amazing. It would be. And it, it, it makes me think about Tannin and the sort of medication journey he's been oh, on, yeah. which is a, just a ton and you know latuda respiradol like all these all these right. pretty heavy yeah bilify bilify yeah, yeah. respiradol uh, i mean yeah, yeah. Pretty, i mean yeah pretty heavy right. uh, medications <clears throat> one of the things 
I I've talked to Tannen about is, you know, maybe this is my lack of knowledge. Uh, and again, I have a lack of knowledge cause I'm just a silly boy. Also, I'm a human. Um, but sometimes I feel like, man, like there has to be a medication for him that will stop the voices. Right. I mean, like, is that a crazy or is that not, we're not there yet medically? Um, do you know? Yeah. I mean, from what I've read and, and heard, I mean, they're, you know, again, this is kind of individualized in terms of the benefits that people get from the medication. You know, some people get greater benefits than others. Yeah. And, you know, and to the point that we're talking about now, it's it's going through that process of trying these different medications because, and more often than not, you know, it's, they're not on one medication, right? I mean, yeah. they're on several. <laughs> right. And you know, the thing that was kind of interesting about schizophrenia, you know, as I was kind of brushing up and thinking about it for this podcast and, and so going back and doing some research and looking at it was, again, this idea that there's so many different brain regions that, you know, schizophrenia impacts or, or the, you know, the phenomenon of these brain regions and the deficits of connectivity or, or functioning or these structural changes, neurochemical. I mean, it's, it's such a complex thing that, you know, it require you know obviously requires multiple you know psychopharmacological interventions to, right. to try and reach the different symptoms and so it is very symptom uh, management based right and so you know you're you're trying to you know you know let's say give one because that's gonna you know impact you know affect you're giving another for the psychotic you know, symptoms and you have issues of auditory processing and you, I mean, so there's so many different things that it, it's a concoction, right? I mean, ultimately it's a concoction right. of, of meds that, you know, are being put together. So, but I do think different people get varying levels of, of relief from their symptoms and, you know, some people, um, respond better than others as well right you know some people and some people have different you know levels of the disorder right or the disease i mean some people are more mild mm. some more moderate some more severe so i think that's going to play a part as well and um and the progressive nature of this disease so um but it would be in you know incredibly awesome if he could get more relief you know right. you know from that to, you know if you were seeking that so yeah and that's the thing right is like you know, and I, I've talked to Tannen about this openly, is like, they're, you know, he's exhausted, right? He's yeah. he's tired of taking new meds, which I get, right? right. We, we all can sort of relate to yeah, that. Yeah, they have the different side effects. And, yeah, and the side effects right. and, you know, and, and right. but there's also maybe a part of him that is, um, he's accepted this reality. He's accepted yeah. his life be you know thinking that he's you know a pawn for the government and that he's right. in this abusive relationship he used that term right which i think is a powerful one um and that's that's his life yeah yeah when he talked about it in that way you know that to me was so powerful um and and emotional you yeah. know to to you know hear his you know, on one point, you know, or, or on one side of it, like you're saying, it's like there there was something about the acceptance and he really sounded like he had made that acceptance or, you know, peace with, because he compared it to, I could have another disease, right? I could have, yeah. you know, diabetes. I could have right. this. I mean, and this is what I have. And yet the, yeah, the exhaustion or the, you know, for me, the, just even like the sadness that just, you know, comes with like, you know, to the point of, yeah, just, just the, the exhaustion that would have to come with this and the, 
um, you know, again, the other points, the isolation and all the other things that come with this, you know, the, all the different medicines and, um, but he did really sound like he had, had really accepted that this was his, his life and it's hard. Yeah, it is. What like, um, I know there's, there has been research about like violence with, uh, people who have schizophrenia, like culturally, we sometimes think about, people with uh, more psychosis-based disorders being violent or, right. like, harmful to others. Right. That's Which, not true, no, right? No, no, no. You know, as, as Tannen even pointed out, um, no, that's that's not... I, you know, I mean, I, I think what some of us may have in our minds when we think about this disorder is the crazy person on the street talking to themselves, right? Sure. And, and of course, that, that can be a, a manifestation of the disease in its severe form, untreated, um, but no, I mean, I, you know, there are people out there that, you know, we probably interact with all the time who have this disorder and you would not know, Yeah. um, you know, they, they function and they work as Tannen does and, um, you know, and married and, and, you know, parent go to church on Sunday or don't, or, you know, I mean, but I mean, they do all the things that, that people do. So, no, I mean, I think one thing about what we talk about reducing the stigma of mental health or reducing the stigma of schizophrenia is, no, these are not dangerous people. I mean, that's the point. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no. What would you say to Tannen right here? Maybe he's feeling, or, or just a listener who, who is maybe feeling a little bit hopeless in their disorder, that whether it's schizophrenia or, or something else, and they just feel like stuck in it. You know, yeah, no, absolutely, and and that's I, I think the thing that I think of right away in in hearing that question is that no, there are so many good treatments out there. I mean, and there are so many great interventions. Um, and again, whether it's depression or anxiety, or whether it's schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, you know, something with a psychotic uh, uh, part. No, no, there are so many good uh, medications. You know, we we do, we really have gone. We've come so far with psychopharmacological interventions. And again, like I said, the brain studies and the awareness of the brain in the last 20 years has really flourished in these areas. And so we know so much more. And so we have so many better ways of treating. So no, I would, I would, I would actually going back to hope or well, that was the previous podcast, but it was the same day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but we're always talking about hope. The idea here is that, no, I, I, I mean, hope is something I think that is very, very now a part of this process that people can have because, again, I think we know, we do know so much more than we did. We're mm -hmm. continuing to learn, you know, year after year after year. There's so many great programs out there. Uh, Michigan has a great one that, that studies neurological uh, disorders and diseases. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, I mean, there, there's so many great, great, great um, research uh, that's currently occurring and and science that's emerging and growing and and I really think you know with all the res um, imaging that we've we've uh, developed in the last twenty years that you know in the next twenty years I think or ten years even five years I think we're going to just grow exponentially in our ability to treat these type of disorders. Mm. So I feel greatly optimistic and extremely hopeful that. Um, the barbaric nature of early treatment, you know, that, you know, a hundred years ago that we, we put people through is, is going to be, and all the various different forms of interventions that we've created, we're just on such a wonderful upswing. And I think we're just going to be able to continue improving people's life functioning and, uh, you know, ability to have full lives. So, um, so I'm, no, I'm encouraged and I, I, I hope others would feel encouraged 
And I hope, and I would just encourage anybody who's experiencing anything, whether it's mild to severe to, to seek treatment, yeah. you know, and talk to a professional and because things can be done. Yeah. No, thank you for that. Um, what, what if you can't afford it? Oh gosh, that, I mean, that is really out of my realm of, of knowledge, unfortunately. But the thing that I'm mildly aware of is, is that, you know, I think any, any county is going to have county based programs. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my encouragement in that case would be to do your research, but I would probably start with, um, you know, a, a county program based okay. program and reach out to a county based social worker. Okay. If, if, you know, if, if a person is in indigent care and, and in need, um, I would definitely encourage somebody to reach out to uh, social services okay. of their county. And I, you know, I'm confident, you know, that every county is going to have that. So, all right. Yeah, cool. but definitely a good place to start with yeah. is with social services. Yeah. So, and then you know, in a worst case scenario, um, if somebody would need crisis um, uh, evaluation or or treatment, that uh, again, I think most of us have county based hospital systems. Yeah. And so, right. we definitely encourage okay. that as well. And if if again, if something's crisis oriented, you know, call nine one one. You know, I mean, yeah, if it's a absolutely. if it's a medical or mental emergency, um, you know, that's that's nine one one. So absolutely. Um, well, is there anything else that we should talk about when it comes to schizophrenia? Any, anything in your little notes there that you wanted to bring to the listeners? Well, I, th- you know, I think was I was going through this and I was preparing for this and, and, you know, this, I really wanted to be prepared because again, that this one's a little bit outside of something that I, you know, tend to see in private practice. But it, to me, it's, it's a very fascinating, um, disorder and it's something I'm very interested in because I'm very interested in brain-based disorders. Um, so, I mean, just some of the, the quick things that maybe our listeners could benefit from um, that I've jotted down here is uh, some from some some information that I pulled from the internet was that uh, looks like that this disorder occurs in about three to seven in a thousand people. So the percentages are you know are point three to point seven. Okay. So it's you know it so it happens, but it's fairly low. Yeah. You know in term, but it certainly happens. I yeah. mean, you know, but it's it's it tends to happen fairly low. Again, we've already talked about the fact that that there can potentially be a genetic hereditary component of this disorder, um, but that also the fact that you know environmental factors can can play a part. And again, I think I mentioned that if there's any obs obstetric um, how's that obstetric when you're first born, I'm trying to oh. think of how to say that word. What is it? Well, I don't know the context you're saying it. But obstetrician. Obstetrician. If we cut that back. Yeah. Obstetric. Um, yeah. Complications <laughs> at birth. Um, again, I think I mentioned if there's an infection in the central nervous system that happens in early childhood. Um, we certainly, childhood trauma, social stressors are things that, you know, we, we think play a part potentially in this. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that is uh, a part of schizophrenia, and again, the presentation can be different. So... You can, you know, symptoms, they, they can be positive or negative. And, and I don't mean positive is in positive good. Uh, positive meaning um, things are added, you know. So, for instance, you know, most of us don't have hallucinations. Well, hallucinations, delusions, disorganized thinking and speech. So, we actually call that positive because they're added on to something we don't normally experience. I see. It's like a, in a mathematical sense. Kind Correct. Of, yeah. Exactly. Got it. So, or negative, which again, we don't mean we're taken away, but in this case, it means fewer. Fewer. So, in this case, it means, uh, sometimes you see this like more of a catatonic type of schizophrenic mm. uh, or lack of affect. Uh, lack of feeling, lack of affect. So that's what we mean by kind of more negative. 
Um, again, I think we've pretty much covered onset. You know, it, it tends to happen more early in life. Very rare that you'll see it occur after the age of 40 years of age. So right. very, very, very rare. Um, again, the idea that, you know, we're looking at a brain-based disorder. Um, it does, t- it is chronic. I mean, there's, there's not a cure. And, uh, but we manage, we manage the disorder. Um, yeah. uh, can be progressive, certainly. Um, and again, I think most importantly about treatment is, you know, it tends to, to require a psychiatric treatment, um, which is going to require psychopharmological interventions and then psychotherapy is going to be helpful. And then, and then getting the person, you know, support and resources like we were talking about with Tannen, you know, just getting him in a place where a group or, you know, or, you know, you know, we know he does counseling, but getting to a place where he can share his experiences with other people. Right. So he's not uh, isolated because that's such a, uh, such a negative part of any disorder yeah. is the isolation. I mean, we're social creatures. We need to be social. And, um, and that seems to have such a, a major impact on us. So, um, but no, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of the other stuff that I took notes on was, was really just kind of more about the brain-based changes. And, and I don't want to put our listeners to sleep. So if that's something they're interested in, they can research. But Excellent. Well, thank yeah. you for yeah, that, no, that for knowledge sure. drop. Uh, I think uh, I want to wrap up here talking about something um, – not mental health related at all, but I, because it's, this is sort of in honor of Tannen, uh, talking about movies. Yeah. Tannen's a huge movie fan. I just wanted to mention, and maybe you've watched some movies recently you've enjoyed, but I wanted to mention some movies recently that I've enjoyed listeners. One is a documentary called Minding the Gap. Uh, it's currently streaming on Hulu and it's probably going to win the best documentary feature at the Oscars this year. It's really quite stunning. The premise is um, these three friends in Rockford, Illinois. Uh, it's shot by, I think he started shooting it when he was 16, 17, and he oh, wow. shot over the course of 12 years of oh, their wow. lives. They're, they're you know, young punks like, like I was, you wow, know, and they yeah. escaped their world th- getting skateboarding. Oh, wow. You know, and it's really... Uh, it sort of develops into this commentary about fatherhood and toxic masculinity and um, race and um, just identity. And it's mm-hmm. really quite beautiful and moving. And I, I like was crying throughout. I saw a lot of myself in these boys. And so I really highly recommend that. It's called Minding the Gap. It's on Hulu. Uh I saw First Man uh, recently, oh, yeah. um, the Damien Chazelle movie about the first uh, uh, landing on the moon um, by the Americans, and it's like a technical marvel. Like wow. technically, it's it's so uh, well shot and it's beautiful. The scoring, the, all the sound editing, it's just really quite stunning. And there's some shots in there that will like sort of stick in your brain, just really beautiful. It's hard to watch at times because Neil Armstrong was kind of quiet, reserved, and kind of shut off emotionally in some ways yeah. with his family and stuff. But it's it's really well done, and I, I highly recommend that as well. Uh, the other one, um, the other one is drawing a blank now. Uh, gosh, I'm pulling, I'm going to pull up my phone and, oh, the other one is eighth grade. Oh yeah. Which is also, I think streaming on Amazon prime now. And this is a Bo Burnham movie. It's, it's a tight 90. It's basically about this young girl, who's in the eighth grade and it's coming of age. It captures adolescence 
like no other film I've wow. ever seen. Like it's so raw and uncomfortable at times, but beautiful and just the the lead in an Elsie Fisher is amazing and it's funny and it'll pr- pull on your heartstrings and it's uh, it's delightful. That's awesome. It's really good. So that's eighth grade. I think it's on Amazon. Those are three movies that I yeah. saw recently that I really enjoyed. What about you? Have you seen anything recently that you've enjoyed? You're not adding Mary Poppins to that list? <laughs> we saw Mary Poppins Returns together, Tony and I. Uh, with our wives. With Let's our wives. Her. No, we were together. It was just but we were. Two- we no, were. we were. We were. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love musicals. I grew up on musicals. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. You I know? thought for what it was. Yeah, they did a good was fun. job. Yeah. 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 I didn't Any die. Any new, like, Zombiever like uh, movies you've enjoyed no, recently? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah, I haven't actually. I know. I was, as you were talking, I'm, I was kind of like searching my brain for have I seen anything just really cool? But I have. I've been so busy. Um, just, you know, practice has been busy and doing a little bit of writing. And, um, and I, you know, I think I'd bore the viewers if I, you know, if I tell them the, you know, brain-based YouTube videos I'm watching all well, the time. Well, what about reading, uh, TV shows or or music vent shows you've gosh, seen? Gosh, I know. Um, you know the only thing. You know what I did see, which was really really cool, uh, and I caught just a glimpse of it. And uh, Ashley was watching it, and I just kind of sat down with her and got into it, and then went back and rewatched it. it was a documentary called American Meme. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. And it was really fascinating because what it took a look at is basically, you know, social media culture or Instagram-based culture. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of the people, you know, like Paris Hilton, it talked a lot about the influencers of social media. Mm. And it did a pretty deep, like, deep dive into these people and their lives and their Mm. histories and their impact on social media and, and their... You know, the the life they live is a result of this, you know, internet-based life. And and it was fascinating. I mean, it was sad. I mean, honestly. I mean, there were because what I took away from it, and I even feel like what a lot of the, the, the people who have these, you know, huge Instagram lives were kind of talking, were really talking about the shallowness of it. I mean, they were really yeah. talking about the the falsehood of it, you know, that it, it really is a false presentation of self. It's all to get more followers so you've got to increase the shock you've mm. got to increase skin you've yeah. got to, you know salaciousness and 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 you're constantly pushing that envelope to get more and more notoriety but uh, the hollowness of it and right. and so it was it was really really cool i mean mm. i mean you know it was it was a really interesting and i think it was a really educational uh, documentary again uh, called american meme m e m e so well, and yeah. you made. Uh, I started a documentary. I'm going to finish it because it was very fascinating. But when you were talking about American Meme, I, it made me think of this documentary on Hulu again. I think called uh, Fire Fraud. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. F Y R E. It's okay. about the Fire Festival, like a couple years ago. Remember really? that? No. Whoops. That. So it was this big sort of concert festival like it's supposed oh, to be elite yeah, yeah. you know and it was like led and then the by, guy ended up getting busted for extortion this, and, led right, by jaw rule right, and this right. one tech bro right and it's very fascinating but oh. it'll make you feel just gross and like it just the culture of that it's right. so i mean he was essentially like uh i mean he was, you think he was 25 when he did this yeah, thing and yeah. but he like would um through stories from like uh his employees like telling this in the documentary he would basically like he had no money so he would like uh 
tell everyone just to drum up interest and and payments. Right. Like he had a hundred tickets to sell for Hamilton. Oh wow. And then he would get the interest and get the money, and then he would buy the the Hamilton tickets. Right. But then he'd be in debt again, so he'd have to like oh, keep that thing. going. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was wow. it, like what a nightmare. Wow. It was fascinating, and that's on Hulu. It's called Fire Fraud, F Y R E, and I I I'm gonna finish it because it was fascinating, but it'll make you feel weird and sad. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Which is, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just gives us a taste of of sometimes what is happening in our culture, right? Where. I mean, it's just... It's a reminder yeah. to be like, hey, maybe get off your phone. Yeah. Recognize, yeah, get out, get outside a right. bit, connect right. with people yeah. on a genuine level. Yeah. Yeah, stop, stop trying to create uh, yeah. a lifestyle that is ultimately not fulfilling. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, that was Schizophrenia and Movies <laughs> on You, Me, <laughs> Empathy. Uh, again, go listen to Tannen's episode on... Yes, please. Uh, his schizophrenia relationship and um, and uh, just proud of my little brother. Uh, well, that'll do it, I guess. Listeners, uh, definitely go and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Yumi Empathy. We have a Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash Yumi Empathy. Leave us reviews on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, send me an email if you want to chat, yumiempathy at gmail.com. Uh, let me know if you'd love to be on this show. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, so that's it. That's my spiel. Thanks to Tony again for sitting in for Tony time. time. Always a pleasure. Thank uh, you. Thanks, buddy. And to you listeners, I'm here. You're here. We're here together on this wayward, overwhelming, ah, inspiring pale blue dot. We have each other. It's you, me, empathy.